Welcome to the Medical Management Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up your practice. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's program. Hello, and welcome to the Medical Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Arnoldson. I'm joined today by a dear friend of mine, Lauren Harris who is the owner of Harris Healthcare Consulting. Lauren is also actually the institutional liaison for women in healthcare for the Oregon chapter. Welcome to the podcast, Lauren. Thanks, Jesse. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. Lauren and I have been dear friends since 2019-ish. When Sounds we about met right. At, yeah, we met at the uh, State Leadership Council uh, for MGMA when we were over in Denver, right? Yes, that's true. Yeah. You hadn't broken off on your own yet, had you? No, not yet. But I was really excited to talk with someone who considered themselves a consultant and was still part of MGMA. And yes. I wanted to do that as my dream job. So that's yeah. why I sought you out that day. Tell me, Lauren, after that, what finally helped you get over the hump of going out on your own and being a consultant and, and earning your own bread, right? Mm. Well, first, I went from a corporate clinic manager job to joining a local consulting firm, a small group, and sort of learned the ropes that way, but decided after about two and a half years there that what I really wanted was to own my own business and to be in charge of my own client list and my own workday. And so I did that in right in the middle of the pandemic, July of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. And to go out on your own. One of the things I, I love about you, Lauren, is just the way you view the world is through just a lens of positivity and, you know, not getting down on anything. There's a silver lining somewhere. Tell me a little bit about what the pros have been of starting your company in the middle of a pandemic. Wow. I think the one of the things that comes up for me is that there's such a need mm -hmm. that practices that I feel a passion to serve, the private practices out there in my community really need support and that practice administrators really need support. And having done that job for many, many years, I understand how lonely it is. And I understand that just having someone else that you can reach out to, to do extra projects or support you in some way can help you get through the day. And so I think I trusted that the need was there. And I also trusted that if it wasn't, I would go get a job somewhere else and I was going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. There's that positivity. <laughs> Tell me, uh, just before we jump into our main topic, just one more quick thing. Women in Healthcare. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that organization. Sure. So Women in Healthcare is a national organization that started back east and launched an Oregon chapter, I think about two years ago. But I've gotten introduced to the group probably nine months ago or so. They were looking for board members and they were coming out of what they call the incubation stage into the growth stage. Mm -hmm. And I saw the opportunity to join another community that was still healthcare focused, but that also had a real lens on diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So the way that they position themselves are if you identify as being in healthcare and you identify as a woman, you are welcome to join us. And I have just loved the connections that I've been able to make there that are different 
from the connections that I made in the practice management world over the first 20 years of my career. What kind of what kind of people are there? What kind of professionals? What are they in? So there are some in healthcare architecture. There mm-hmm. is, um, of course, C-suite level of all the large health systems involved as well. It's really every type of role you can imagine. I remember being really surprised by someone who did healthcare landscape design. And when I stopped and thought about it, yeah, somebody makes those healing gardens at the hospital. Who does that? You yeah. know, so there's this whole sort of industry that's outside of the practice management world that I've been exposed to the first part of my career that I really wanted to know more about. Right. So I've gotten to be connected with women who serve in all kinds of healthcare roles, both on the board and just members that attend our regular events. I love it. That's so yeah. cool. I love it so much. Well, for our listeners, Lauren and I got together a couple of weeks ago and we we're kind of thinking about what we could talk about today because I knew that we wanted to have Lauren on the show, that something good would come from it. And, and the idea that we came down on was a top 21 of 2021 tips, tools, and techniques, our, our favorite stuff that came out of it, almost like an Oprah's favorite list. <laughs> yeah. And things that, that focus on wellness and leadership development and productivity just to kind of cap out, we're coming to the close of a year and and there's just so much good that has come out of it that we want to focus on. So we're going to get into this and kind of dive into 21 really solid, like I said, tips, tools, or techniques that'll help any professional. So let's jump on in. Let's jump into the well, the topic of wellness. Sure. What's your first Lauren's favorite that you want to talk about? <laughs> so I started subscribing to the Calm app this year and really bought the paid subscription, jumped in with both feet. And what I've learned is in addition to the meditation part of it, there are these sleep studies or stories rather. So sleep stories where someone reads to you as you fall asleep. And it is the most soothing, amazing, relaxing experience. And at the same time, frustrating because I can't think of a single story I've heard all the way through. They do such a good job. <laughs> but yeah. It is just this, something super soothing, I guess, about the experience of being read to. So I've learned some meditation tips and tricks through the Calm app. I've also really enjoyed those sleep stories. Um, and then there are music playlists too that you can have in the background. So it can Calm can be used during the day. It can be used as you're falling asleep at night. It's a wonderful app that I really enjoy. I love that. Let's move to number two. Sure. So the second thing that I wrote down on our list is that you should work in a space that makes you happy. And what resonates for me is several months ago, I moved out of my home office into a real office Mm -hmm. and I was able to create a space that is all mine. And I realized that over the years, I've always taken up space in someone else's office or worked in someone else's space. And, you know, you have to sort of adapt to the furniture that you inherit or the whatever it is. And here I was able to make this a space that makes me feel good about mm-hmm. coming to work every day. I'm proud to let people see it in the Zoom video call behind me. Yep. Yep. You <laughs> don't I use the you don't use the I don't the blur the backgrounds anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. And as much as I love my dog and my cats, they don't show up on the screen anymore, which is great <laughs> for those calls. It just keeps things a little more professional. But yeah. I think it's it's incredibly valuable to have a space that makes you feel comfortable and happy and to work from that however you can. I agree. And yeah. it's been kind of fun to watch, you know, as we have gotten on Zoom calls over the last, you know, six months and seeing you move your your stuff in and, and making it more, more yours. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I know, I know for myself, Lauren, I, with the five kids I have, if they get into the office yeah. and they do, I can come down one day and it's just in pieces, you know, there's paper <laughs> everywhere, there's candy on my 
desk. There's all sorts of stuff all mixed up. And I have caught myself many times just being like, nope. And I'll take my laptop and I'll leave and I'll go somewhere <laughs> that makes me happy. And, and so it, there really is something to getting the area around you to support your best working self, I think. Yeah, so. there is. There is. I have a board. It's a little sort of cork board that I can see when I'm on my call, but others can't see. And it's sort of thoughts and quotes. Mm-hmm. It's things that mean something to me. And one of my favorites that I picked up from Joe Mull, who we'll talk about in a little bit, is, is my agenda aligned with my values. Mm. And when I get stuck sometimes, or I'm not sure what to work on next, and I yeah. think about feeling overwhelmed, I use that as just a quick reminder. Am I on the right stuff? Am I working on things that align with my values right now? Yeah. No, I love it. I love that. Well, good. Let's keep moving through the list. Number three. Number three. So I put on here, be comfortable. And I turned 50 last year, the same year that I started my business. I decided that I was no longer going to try to conform to Western American society thought I should look like or dress like. And by that, I mean, I stopped coloring my hair. I embraced my gray. (laughs) I stopped trying to dress up for occasions where I was incredibly uncomfortable. So Mm -hmm. I wrote on here, my shoes. I switched to wearing what is comfortable and really appropriate for my needs. Yeah. And then of course we all went virtual anyway. So no one can see <laughs> what I have on my shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but when I do go to clients and visit with with practices, I no longer worry about wearing high heels. I just wear what works for me and I am embracing others and their diversity and I expect them to do the same. And it's gone really it. well. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love it. Speaking of which that kind of leads us not well into the fourth one. Yeah. So I also wrote down something I've learned this year to embrace more is honoring and looking for diversity. Mm-hmm. And when I think about that right now, a lot of us are recruiting and we're trying to find new members of our teams and a tip or a technique that I heard that I thought was brilliant was to partner with someone else when you're recruiting and have them blank out the name on the resume before they hand it to you. Yeah. Then your unconscious bias around gender or around race or anything else that might come up from your assuming something about that person's name is gone. You can no longer do that. You're now looking just at the qualification. And if you sit with that for a minute and really do that for yourself, you might be surprised at the unconscious biases that you have. So that was one of the things that struck me. And I'm trying to do that now when I do recruitment for others is to really ignore or even white out the name that's at the top of the resume and just go on the qualifications. I like that. I like that. For me, you know, a version of that that I was doing when I was in the clinic and recruiting was that I stopped having, I would do a phone interview first. You know, there are lots of other motivators for doing that. But one of the unintended benefits was I would get the chance of just being able to hear them talk and see what they were like, you know, just chatting. Could they be a good human being? And I would never have their resume in front of me, you know, and and I would try not to let any of that go because a lot of the jobs I was trying to get to were, I needed them to just be good people. <laughs> have a nice conversation with someone on the phone. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, and, and so whether, you know, their experience or all this kind of stuff, yes, I'd have to use some of that to, you know, to decide I wanted to talk to them on the phone, but then mm-hmm. after that, it really was up to whether they, how, how it went, you know, in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I love phone interviews first. I think so many of the jobs that we're hiring for pretty much everything mm-hmm. has some level of communication with the outside world. And yes. Can someone do that in a way that's professional and warm and approachable and represent your business in the way you want to be represented? It's Mm -hmm. a perfect test for that. 
Exactly. Exactly. Well, let me take number five as far in, in this wellness topic. A big improvement for myself and for a number of my friends that I've talked to recently has been to find a good counselor, somebody who matches up well with you. I always took it as a joke. I had a professor who had worked in healthcare administration for decades. And, you know, as we were talking about what it would take to be successful, he said a good psychiatrist. And, and, you know, I laughed it off because it was coming from a place of cynicism and because he was so burned out from the industry. But I have realized so much more that yes, you can use a good counselor or a mental health professional to help fix some issues if they're there and you shouldn't feel mm-hmm. bad about that, but also to proactively just do better, you know? Yeah. And so as I'm trying to round myself out and do a little bit of exercise and eat a little bit better and put my phone away when I, you know, when I'm home, it fits. Having a good counselor fits into my goals of just being more well-roundedly healthy. I don't know if I said that, if that was all good English or not, but yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Our mental health is no different than our physical health and Mm -hmm. we need to pay attention, especially now. I think we've all been feeling incredible amounts of stress in new and different ways. It's manifesting itself in new and different ways and talking to someone who has the techniques and the tools to share with you, to teach you how to cope with those things. is super important right now. It is. You know what I've learned, Lauren, is how many of my friends quietly see counselors as well. I mean, it, Absolutely. I, I, I don't know why it ever got to the point of having a negative connotation to it, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more people out there <laughs> than, than you think that access that kind of help and, Absolutely. and, and they do better for it. So shouldn't have, wouldn't it be great if we could share those things we learn with each other even? Yes. Look look at this brilliant thing my therapist taught me and then I can (laughs) share it with you and let's just be open about it. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, to cap off the wellness side, that's been one of my favorites of the year. Fantastic. I'm going to add a bonus tip for wellness because you made me think about it. Okay. So I also started seeing a massage therapist. Oh, okay. And I think when you think about therapy, we think about the mental health side, but also the physical side and massage therapy can be so healing and so helpful and also gives you sort of an hour of protected space where you can just go and be and enjoy that therapy. Oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, let's transition kind of to our biggest topic of leadership development. I know that there's a few people that made the list. Let's jump into that. I have so many favorites. It's really hard to pick, but I find myself continually recommending that others follow these folks. And so I'm going to share my favorites. Tracy Spears of the Exceptional Leaders Lab also is an author and has an amazing online coaching masterclass that's available that I really recommend. It's all about personal and professional development. And I was just telling someone else today, go and do it. It is at the unbelievably low price of, I think, $49. I mean, it's just a gift. Oh, Go yeah. and check it out. <laughs> the Exceptional Leaders Lab Masterclass with Tracy Spears and read her book. Fantastic. So what's the name of her book? Uh, one is the Exceptional Leaders Playbook. And I knew you were going to ask me the second one and I was going to have to look it up. But if you want the Cliff Notes version, just to be honest, if you do the coaching masterclass, you're going to get a lot of the greatest hits out of the book. Nice. And okay. they are nicely recorded into little vignettes and tip sheets and things you can take away right now. And if you know anything about me, you know, I like those tangible things that I can do and hold. So she gives those to you as well. Oh, I love it. Good, good, good. Who's next on your list? 
Well, next on my list is Joe Mall. If you're not familiar, J-O-E space M-U-L-L. He has a program called Boss Better Now. Okay. And it is incredible. So he has done speaking at MGMA state conferences for years. But when the pandemic hit, he was the one who pivoted the fastest to the technology. He Mm. immediately started doing things online. He has a remote studio that makes you feel like you're absolutely there with him live. And he's giving you his best with the keynotes. But my favorite thing that Joe does right now are these weekly podcasts. And it's the Boss Better Now podcast. And he has a um, co-host with him who is an executive coach. Her name is Alyssa Mullet. And I learn and get something out of every single week. I highly recommend it. I think he's on episode 41 or something now. So if you haven't been listening, go back, listen to them all. It's amazing. Great, great stuff. And he has a background in healthcare, but also it's relevant regardless of what industry you're in. Good. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Next would be? The next one is a guest that Joe had on his podcast, actually. A man named Clint Pulver, who wrote a book called I Love It Here. And it is all about research that he did as the undercover millennial going into different workplaces and talking to people about why they like working there, pretending to want to get a job there and asking people, what's it really like to work here? And then gathering all of this data that he would give back to the business owners. And he learned and shared in this book, best practices for hiring and retaining great employees. And the book is called, I Love It Here called I Love It Here, and it's by Clint Pulver. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to make a little note. Yeah. I love it here. Fantastic. I think that that's probably, oh my gosh, one of the most important things right now is as we've seen so many of our clinics go through this kind of staffing crisis issue. Yes, it can be about the money, but more than likely it's about you as a leader and the culture that you've helped foster there. And whether that's where people want to be or not. <laughs> yes, yeah. so much so. And I think people are no longer tolerating toxic managers, toxic workplaces, no. toxic anything. And they're looking for something that has value to them and that feeds their soul in a way that we haven't thought about in the past. And I, I think as I'm helping practices recruit, being able to tell your story about who you are as a practice, yeah. what your values are what your vision is, where you're headed. Those are all selling points that will help you get people that are in alignment with you because it is so much more than the money. It is culture all the way. It is for sure. Okay. Let's talk about Deborah Grayson Regal. Okay. So Deborah Grayson Regal is a woman that I just saw at the National Women in Healthcare Conference online. I am enamored. I just posted something on my LinkedIn that she posted. So she wrote a book, which I have not read yet, but plan to, called Overcoming Overthinking, 36 Ways to Tame Anxiety for Work, School, and Life. She has mini vignettes. She has LinkedIn learning courses. She has online courses on her website that are amazing. So I really recommend looking her up as well. She's also a Wharton Business School part-time professor. Um, She's delightful to listen to and full of great information. All right. I love it. (laughs) I need to read that book. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all do. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Last on our people list, Dory Clark. So Joe also introduced me to Dory Clark. So Dory Clark is the author of a book called Reinventing You, which was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine. She also wrote another book called Entrepreneurial You, which was in the top 10 business books of the year by Forbes. But what I liked about this was 
The concept for her new book is The Long Game, How to Be a Long-Term Thinker in a Short-Term World. And I'm diving into that now, so I'm still grabbing nuggets. But what I'm thinking about so far is we have spent the last year and a half, slightly longer, focused on firefighting and the immediate and, you know, crisis, right? What's right in front of us? And we haven't probably taken Mm -hmm. enough time to think about the future for ourselves and our organizations and the long-term goals that we have. Her book is really around how to strategize long-term and to not lose sight of that as you're fighting those day-to-day fires. Oh, I love it. That's so great. All right. Going into a a non-person one. Yes. So are you familiar yet with the AMA Steps Forward module? I've never heard of it. Okay. So this was something else that I learned from a national MGMA conference. I happened to drop into a breakout session where someone had this pulled up on the screen. I did not know that this even existed. It is a free resource from the AMA. There are learning modules that are designed for clinicians. They have CEUs attached to them. But beyond that, they are just tremendously good resources for all kinds of things. Um, There are things in there about team-based care. There are things in there about prepping for visits. It's workflow related. It's it's everything that you might need to know to run your practice more efficiently and more effectively. And free. Go to the AMA Steps Forward program and look at some of those modules. You'll be amazed. I love it. I'm going to go there right after we get done recording. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of like things to add to my like want to read list and and need to watch list. And I'll look, I'll go to that one first. It's a great one. You'll okay. find lots there. Well, I think we're on number 12. Tell me a little bit about your 12th one. So I wrote down, join a network or make your own. So there's a lot of great opportunities to join networks out there. I've been a member of MGMA state chapters for years, but I also wanted to just express that there's no reason why you can't make your own network. So Jesse and I have been part of this ad hoc pediatric group that I put together because I realized I had four, maybe five now pediatric managers that I regularly or administrators that I regularly talk to. And they were all sort of operating without knowing each other or the tremendous expertise and great people that they are. So I put them together (laughs) in a Zoom meeting that meets, we meet monthly now, don't we? We do. We do. Yeah. And I think that we were, we were all pediatric based and we're, or going to be state MGMA chapter presidents. Almost all. Yeah. Almost all. Almost all. Yeah. We've added a couple since then that aren't, but like, yes. it was nice to have, oh my gosh, it just felt like the perfect matchup with these other folks. And I was so grateful that you pulled me into that. It is such a great organization, not even an organization. It's a, it's a club. It's just a fun <laughs> thing that we have. I call it a support group. because It's that's our how little it support group. Yep. Yeah. I love so it. my takeaway there is make your own. If you're not finding a community that works for you, go out and make one. Perfect. Perfect. I love it. Okay. Let's jump into number 13, Crucial Learning. So Crucial Learning is the newly branded name of the folks who did Crucial Conversations over the years. And many of us got Crucial Conversations training in larger health systems or in other places, but I just wanted to share that they've rebranded. They now call themselves Crucial Learning. They've re-recorded many of the training videos, so they're more diverse. They're more up-to-date. They feel much more modern. And they also offer some mini learning videos for free. If you subscribe just to their blog, you'll get a regular cadence of thoughts for the day and reminders about communication. So it's a really good one, too. Oh, I love that. I love that. I can't wait to jump into that. Okay. 
I've lost at Lizzie 12, 13, 14, 14. <laughs> I, I, I should have numbered these when we were I know, going. I didn't I just... either. <laughs> the <laughs> blocking time. Is, yes, blocking time. We Jesse and I agree that this is important, that if you don't put this on your calendar, something else will fill up your calendar mm-hmm. and you will miss out. So scheduling appointments with yourself to do your own professional development, attending classes. If you haven't seen it yet, Coursera offers college classes for free. Um, These Mm. are the same courses that are offered at Ivy League universities or universities all around the world. You can basically audit them for free. So if you don't care about getting the certificate or getting the college credit, you just want the knowledge, check out Coursera, C-O-U-R-S-E-R-A. LinkedIn Learning also has tremendous modules. They do have a subscription model, though, so there is a cost for that. I think they offer right. 90 days free. Do you know, Jesse? I Something think like I that. had an advertisement come up yesterday just for that, for 90 days. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be worth jumping in there for 90 days. Incidentally, Dory Clark has several educational modules on the LinkedIn learning. So you could get a little taste of her speaking and her education style. Yeah. And then I really think this is important. Put those links in your browser. So when you launch your browser to go looking for something, you see a reminder. You see, oh yeah, I'm taking mm-hmm. this course. I need to go back in there. And that way you don't forget about it. You you trigger yourself to go and check it out and stay on task. Absolutely. No, I love that. Well, let me take it. I think that segues well into one that uh, one of my favorites and you know, the pandemic, I found myself sitting there at our state MGMA board meeting and we were discussing again, postponing our conference. And at that same moment, our company had decided not to go to the MedMed National. And we'd also decided not to have our retreat. And I was just feeling thirsty or hungry for just development, some knowledge, to watch something, do something. And I was watching all the, the other ones get pulled away from me, unfortunately, but it forced me to go out and find something else. And one of the things that I have loved for years is Farnham Street. Um, They have an incredible podcast called The Knowledge Project. They have a great newsletter that comes out on Sundays, right when I should be paying attention in church, but I find myself, (laughs) you know, flipping through what they're (laughs) talking about way too often. But the whole organization is about better learning, better decision-making, and they had a course called Decision by Design. And it was all about improved decision-making and learning about mental models and how to use them. And I, oh my gosh, Lauren, I love it. It is right up my alley. It is perfect for what I've wanted to to do better and and to get really good at. And so Farnham Street. Yes, I appreciate their newsletters too. I've noticed that they come on that Sunday morning, which is really smart of them because that's not when all the other newsletters show up. No, no, yeah. (laughs) So it's a perfect time when you can sit there and (laughs) dive into it. They're smart. Then one of the things that I've gotten from them is a lot of tips on becoming a better reader. And that leads me to number 16. And one of my favorites is my Goodreads app. And Goodreads is just this app that has a social side to it that I don't get into as much, but it helps me organize all of my books, ones that I have read in the past, ones that I can scan and and say, I want to read this, you know, so I have a list of want to read. It helps me keep track of what I am reading and set goals to try and, you know, I want to read so many books in a year. Where am I at? How, what's my progress on this book kind of thing? And then finally, it'll make recommendations just like everything else in our life. You know, you, you read 
three similar books, it's going to recommend another one if you really liked it. So that's been one of the tools I've used to try and become a more avid reader. That's great. Are you a real books guy ever or do you always like ebooks? I love audiobooks. I am working on becoming a better real book kind of person. So I I have a couple of books going at any given time. I have my one audiobook or so I can, you know, take walks, drive around, do whatever. I have another book that I read in the morning to try and just get my head moving. And I have another one at, at night. Normally, I don't have three going at one time. That's too much. Wow. Uh, I've noticed that I've really slowed down and it's hard to keep the motivation. But try and always have at least one real and one audio book going. How about you? That's great. I debate every time I order a book. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you might say I'm a little bit price focused. It sort of depends. If there's a deal on the ebook and it seems like a title I want to have, then I will download it. But if it's something I think I might want to have as a reference later or I want to pick up and show people, then it's sitting on my bookshelf behind me as a real book. So it just depends. Quite often, if I read an audio book that either hits home and I need the reference, Or it's one that I'm going to want to lend out because I do love to, I don't know if other people love that I do this, but I show up and I'm like, you're going to read this book, gosh dang it. (laughs) I loved it when you did it to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're one of the few. Thank you for actually reading it. Oh man. Let's jump into our next theme, productivity. That gets us to number 17. So one of my very favorite productivity programs, I guess you could call is GTD or getting Mm -hmm. things done. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't read the book or done the online training, I highly recommend that you do that. It is incredibly useful as far as being able to distill the many, many things that are coming at us. Um, David Allen's turn of phrase is heads are for having ideas, not holding them. And what that means is get it out of your head onto someplace else as fast as possible. And that helps me stay organized. It's just getting it out of my head. Um, GTD will teach you some really great techniques to do that. I love it. I I have actually never done the training or read the book, but I think that from previous managers who have, they really beat that into <laughs> me. And so it's it's kind of by osmosis been able to pick up the weekly review and having notes, you know, wherever I'm at, I have the ability to capture an idea and not not pretend like I am either going to remember it or not stress my brain out trying to remember it. Yeah. Um, you've got to be able to capture ideas right then and there so you can you know, let your brain move on to the to yes. having ideas, right? Exactly. And what I like about it is it's not specific technology or a no. specific thing. It works no matter how you work. Yes. So if you're a paper and pen person, that's completely fine. It's just a matter of organizing that paper and pen system in a way that works for you. So exactly. the Crucial Learning folks are also cross trainers of the GTD system. So if you go yeah. to the Crucial Learning website, you can download the GTD program as well. Perfect. I love it. The next one so, seems a little generic. You're going to have to help it me. Is, I, well, I was hoping that maybe we could come up with something together, but I wrote down apps in general. So yeah. there's a lot of different productivity apps out there. Do you have any favorites? I'm opening up my phone right now. Oh, I use the reminders on mm. my iPhone all the time. And, yeah. and that is how I capture ideas for the GTD thing. I'm always telling Siri that I, I need a reminder tomorrow at 10 a.m. to add a to-do for calling yeah. Lauren back or something like that. I use that all the time. While you're talking, I'll think of <laughs> okay. if I use any others. So one thing that came to mind is a couple of weeks ago, I read an idea about how to better arrange your apps on your phone. And I took it to heart. And let me kind of describe it to you. Yeah. So what it told me or what I took away from it was that your homepage on your phone should really be things that 
are relevant and timely every day and things you want to be putting your attention on. So as an example, mine has calendar, reminders, clock, music, camera, because I use my phone as my camera all the Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. safari, contacts, calculator, and weather. So those are the things that I pretty much look at every day. What didn't you hear in there? You didn't hear Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Those are on my second page. They're still there. They're still available to me. But when I pick up my phone to look at where I need to be at my next appointment, I'm not distracted by, oh, look at that little F for Facebook. I'm going to click on that. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't occur to me. I have to intentionally go and find all of those other things that were pulling my attention. So in addition to turning off your notifications so that the number doesn't keep up annoying you and getting your attention, if you force yourself to go to a second page, the first week I realized how many hundreds of times I was looking for that distraction. My brain was just looking for that and I stopped. And now it's actual intended time when I go to do that. Right. My lunch break or whatever, but it's not pulling me away from what I need. Yeah. So think about that. I had to take a similar step. I had to take Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube just off my phone. And I will, if I want to, re-download them Friday night. And I will delete them Monday morning or Sunday night. Oh, wow. Does that work for you? It has to. (laughs) (laughs) Even if they're on another page, Lord, I, man, I love YouTube. You'll find them. Yes. (laughs) And and that's, that's one of the things that I realized was probably causing me a little bit of mental anguish was that I always Mm -hmm. had to have a stimulation to brush my teeth. I needed a one minute YouTube video to go to the bathroom. I'm going to be there, not because I'm going to the bathroom, but but I'm hiding from my kids and I'm reading Twitter, (laughs) you know? And so I, just during the weekdays, I had to get drastic because I was not doing well with with apps (laughs) on my phone. Oh, but you're not alone at all. They've proven that there's a scientific process where we get this dopamine dump when we Mm -hmm. look at these things. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I love TikTok is it's fun and it's funny and it makes me laugh and YouTube videos too. But but you're right, it can become distracting to the point where it's making us less effective or less present in our lives or with our families. And so, yeah, go ahead, move it to another page or take it off completely. There we go. Whatever works. I think, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Adam Grant that, oh, I can't remember who if it was him or somebody who wrote about, but they would give the passwords to their assistant. This guy had an assistant and his assistant would change passwords Monday morning and give him back, give him his social media passwords on Friday night. (laughs) That was, (laughs) that was his way of blocking it because. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. Whether, whether it is in, I can't remember if it was, uh, it might've been in, in the book, Atomic Habits. I think that that's where I got that story from. Yeah. Yeah. If we can't trust ourselves, find someone else we can trust to help us. Exactly. (laughs) That's really smart. Well, number 19. Yeah. So I like to create a lot of folders for things I need to easily find later. And I do this in my browser. I do this in my Outlook. I do this everywhere. So I am super organized or I try to be. And I think folders can be your friend in so many ways. And so I just wanted to put that on there. And then also to clean it up once a year, at least get in there, archive things, get rid of the things you haven't needed or looked at. I just went through my shortcuts recently in my browser and realized there was a lot of stuff in there I was never going to use again. So I cleaned it all up. So make a date with yourself to reorganize every so often. That's great. Okay. Number 20, this is one that I think we're going to both have some opinions on. Okay, so I started this process recently. I'm calling it Meatless Mondays, and it's M-E-E-T. 
So for me, it is a day when I block the day for projects. And I still come to the office, I still get things done, but it's dedicated chunks of time instead of trying to carve out the chunks of time I need during the week between appointments. My job can be very varied and I can have a lot of different things coming at me at once. And it's easy to get really distracted and not take time to really dive into those longer projects. So I wanted to put this on here as an idea that even if you can't schedule an entire meeting-free day, maybe you have a meeting-free morning once a week, or you have as an organization a policy, the company doesn't schedule meetings on Wednesdays or whatever, so that everyone has that white space, that blank space that they need to either get things done or stop and think like you do. Yeah. I love it. You know, that that's what I'm doing right now. I've been trying to carve out a little bit of time for working on the big things and for myself. And so this kind of ties back up to number 14, the blocking time for yourself, like to upskill yourself. So right now, my entire Monday is blocked to not do meetings, to spend the morning kind of working on my development skills, exercise, other stuff. And then the afternoons is for, you know, I got big rocks to move ahead. And if I'm not actively trying, I'm going to let the little pebbles just build up and that's all I work on and I'm never going to make any progress. So it's got to be, there's got to be some dedicated time for it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We need that white space. We need that time that's not filled with anything else for Mm -hmm. us to just breathe too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Laura, I think we got to 20. I am not sure we got to 21. And I just so, thought of something. I will share this good. really kind of silly little tip that it will be number 21. Okay. So I took an Outlook class years ago, and this has served me well. Many people don't know this, but when you use Outlook, you can drag and drop your email into either a calendar appointment, yes. or you can drag and drop it into a task. And if you do that, you can now take it out of your inbox. It will not disappear. So you can clean up your inbox just by moving the things that need action, like we talked about earlier, into either an appointment request or calendar time or a task. So go through that today, drag and drop, move it into someplace else, get it out of your inbox. One of the women in healthcare events I went to, we had a little breakout session and there was a woman in the group who said out loud where everyone could hear that she never answers emails on the first time. She waits for second or third reminders because she just has so many that she's overwhelmed and can't do it. And I thought, wow, I would never want to feel that way and would never admit that if I felt that way. So (laughs) don't be that person. Stay on top of your email, stay organized. And there's a little tip. Drag well, and drop. If, if you're getting 200 emails and then you let them double, of now course you have you're going to be there. Oh, no. <laughs> she is so exponentially painful. in a pool she can't get out of. <laughs> oh, no. I love it. I love it. That's a perfect number 21 for 2021, Lauren. There we go. Oh, thank you for sharing all of your insight and ideas. I found this to be super fun. And there's so many things I want to go out and Google as soon as we're (laughs) done recording. I hope that our listeners feel the same way. But thank you for being on, Lauren. Thanks, Jesse. This was so much fun. I really appreciate your friendship and the collegiality that we have as coworkers in the same industry. And I appreciate this invitation so much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope there's something that you get excited about and go and and look up and try and integrate into your life, make it better in some way. Make sure that you tune in each and every week as we bring more informative episodes with some of the leaders in our industry. And for anything else that MedMan does, show notes, transcripts, or other services, make sure you check us out at MedMan.com. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Medical Management Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com. Thank you.